0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to. Oh, sorry. I th- hold on. I think there's something wrong with my mic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous a Video Game. Oh, wait. What happening? happened? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous a Video Game Catch Up Show. My name is AJ. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous a Video Game Catch Up Show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And I have tested positive for the novel coronavirus, so um, (laughs) I was was trying to think of if I should just like skirt around it. I was wondering
1: if it was going to come up in the episode, and I was like, I don't want to out AJ as uh, being a vector of disease, but also.
0: (laughs) Shit, dude. Sorry. Um, Yeah, I had tested positive yesterday. I'm feeling okay, though. Good enough to record a podcast. I might just sound a little worse than I normally do. Um,
1: Yeah, we're planning for me to do most of the talking just to spare AJ's voice. So if you hate me, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So this episode, we will be talking about, excuse me, Tommy Kisaragi uh, up to 37%, 37 or 38, Nenji Ogata up to 62%, and Takatoshi Hijiyama up to 28%. Yes. Uh, So that'll bring us to around 39, 38 percent completed uh, all remembrance, uh, depending on whether or not you've done that one Nasuno scene, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which I think is very funny that we're not just going to be one percent off for the rest of the season.
1: I know. It makes me wonder, are there other things like that where it's like a very missable little scene? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm curious if it would like if it'll make it so I can't get it and you'll have to get it. You know, whatever that extra scene is. Oh. I think if like if you get the Natsuno one, you don't get this other one. uh, And if you don't get the Natsuno one, you do get this other, you know, I don't know. That's a
1: good question. I mean, I know last time when we talked about one of Yuki's scenes, there was definitely a line that I got that you didn't get to sort of explain that. Right. Very interesting. Uh, Yeah. I feel like that's probably the
0: extent of it. Yeah. Um, We'll find out. Yeah, we will find out. But before we get into talking about any of these kids... Kim's got some bullshit.
1: I certainly do. Today we're going to be talking about the 13 Sentinels as things that my dog Ringo does.
0: (laughs) Okay. I feel like I'm not going to be able to give anything here because I don't I, really know a whole lot about Ringo except yeah, for what he does when we're recording.
1: I, I tried to, as I told AJ before we started, I was actually going to have like a game that was going to um, involve AJ talking quite a bit. And I was like, let me, <laughs> for, for today, since we're trying to spare your voice. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. I, I changed it up and I was like, okay, this is a very me-centric topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty uh, you-centric, I would yeah. say.
1: Yeah, well, let me, let me first introduce Ringo. For those who are unaware, he is my dog. He is a Bichon poodle mix. He's about six years old. Um, I have had him since he was a puppy and uh, our bond transcends space and time. Mm-hmm. Um, he is extremely clingy. TWG uh, people may know him uh as gamer dog uh if you go to the oh, yeah if you're in the discord go to the animals channel check the pinned posts and there's a video of Ringo turning on my xbox which is a thing that he learned to do uh <laughs> and would do like constantly for a while um in order to to just get my attention often it was to ask me to take him outside,
0: but sometimes it was just to get my attention. And you went, well, you, you tweeted this, right? And it went pretty viral. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah. Actually at Brendan's suggestion, I tweeted it and it, <laughs> it, it took off quite a bit. I don't even know if the real tweet exists anymore. Cause I have my tweets set to automatically delete it. Rest time. in yeah.
0: peace. Rest
1: in peace, gamer dog tweet. But yeah, so, uh, these are things sort of habits that he has or things that he does pretty regularly. You can probably hear him tip-topping around right now. Ringo, no! (laughs) No. (laughs) This is so funny. In the middle of this, I have discovered that he is taking the stuffing out of a frog-shaped pillow that... is definitely not his. <gasps> That's mine. That's not your toy. What a bad man. He's so bad. He's a very bad dog. Oh my God. Hold on. Just a <laughs> sec. This is so funny. This is so on brand for you. He was like, I know I'm the star of the show today. Okay, I've returned. Um, He thinks every stuffed animal belongs to him. And these are little frog-shaped pillows that I bought for myself that I thought I was going to put on the couch. And then I couldn't do that because he wanted to destroy them. And lo and behold, (laughs) he's finally gotten his paws on them. Little bastard. I love him so much. Um, God, what a way to start. Yeah. What a way to start.
0: The listener has a perfect 360 view of his dog. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He is my greatest tormentor and the great love of my life. (laughs) So (laughs) let's get started Um, with a very well-behaved Ringo quietly chewing on a bone. That's Juro. Sure. Pretty vanilla, just sort of hanging out, doing his thing, possibly scheming, but mostly just uh, letting the world pass him by a little bit.
0: That's very Juro Karabe to me. Almost as if he's forgotten who he was. Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is, I will tell you, pretty rare. Pretty Mm -hmm. rare for him to just be calmly and quietly behaving himself. Next up, we have um, in the mornings, he gets very cuddly. He wants to sit in my lap and he wants me to pet him and give him hugs. He's the only dog in the world who actually likes hugs. And that's Iori to me. Very sweet, Uh, you know. Very nice. I'm I'm talking about specifically Yori Fuyasaka and not right. her later iterations, Chihiro Morimura, who um shoots people. Um, <laughs> yep. she sure does. Yeah. Um, we have a lot to talk about today. Next up, we have being cuddly when I'm trying to do something. Like when I'm busy, when I'm watching TV, when I'm trying to get some work done um, and sort of asking for my attention. Sometimes he'll just like come and like stand on me, like on my chest and look at me in the face. Uh-huh. That's Megumi to me. The the like real <laughs> lack of care for any boundaries oh to me God. just screams Megumi. Yeah. Um, Next up, we have running around the house looking for a particular toy because he forgot where he last left it.
0: (laughs) I love this. This is so good.
1: (laughs) Uh, Ringo, sometimes it seems like his head is full of rocks and sometimes it feels like he could do quantum mechanics. So Ringo, very specifically, he knows what toy he wants to play with when he wants to play with it to the point that, as I said, he will decide, I want to play with this particular toy and we'll run around the entire house trying to figure out where he left it. And then once he finds it, he will like grab it and bring it over and start playing with it. A Sekigahara. Sekigahara is on a mission. He's kind of on a little scavenger wow. hunt. He's looking for stuff. He's looking for clues. This feels very A to me. He maybe left the clues for himself. You know, Right. <laughs> that is so apt. and did would even think of that. <laughs> the next one this is a new habit that he has he didn't used to do this and now he's been doing it a lot lately which is after he poops kicking his back legs to like kick dirt over the poop which it should be noted i pick up after my dog which means he's usually just kicking the dirt at me um this is uh renyagoto to me because he's trying to cover something up and not doing a very good job jesus christ God, I, I can't stand this man. <laughs> um, I'm talking about Godot. Right. I love my stupid dog. Next up, we have playing fetch with himself. Um, this is also something that I've tweeted a video of. I will, I'll need to find it. But um, Ringo does this thing where he'll take a toy and he'll put it on like a blanket or like a cushion. And then he will shake the cushion so the toy goes flying so he can play fetch with himself. <laughs> Big only child energy. <laughs> I decided that this is Takatoshi Hijiyama because he's kind of a loner. Sure. Um, especially in this episode, we'll talk about him kind of having to like entertain himself for a few hours. <laughs> right. So th- this made me think of him. Uh, next up, we have laying calmly in his dog bed. This is about the best behave that Ringo ever is. And it happens maybe like once every few weeks where he'll just lay in his bed instead of like using the bed as a plaything, And it's actually really nice. And I wish it would happen more often. Um, but anyway, that's Keitaro Miura to me. Okay. Being well behaved, doing doing what he should. A yeah. very principled wish some of that energy would rub off on my son. <laughs> Next up very is the principled. zoomies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Considering a dog sleeping in a bed as like principled behavior is very <laughs> funny to me for some reason.
1: He's I I like I wish I could explain like he uses that bed for everything except <laughs> laying in right. Like there's, a, there is a cushion that like goes, it's like the bed structure. And then there's a cushion that goes in the bottom of it. That cushion is never in there. And when I put it in there, he gets upset and immediately takes it out. <laughs> Oh, my God. There is so much personality <laughs> packed into this dog. <laughs> so anyway, the zoomies, uh, for those who are not sure, the zoomies is when um, and cats can get zoomies, too. But it's when they just get really excited and start running around the house. Um, sometimes Ringo will bark, too, while he has the zoomies. <laughs> um, that's not to know.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 100%. I don't feel
1: like that needs much explanation. No. Yeah. Next up is that split second where he's meeting another dog and I don't know whether he's going to be friendly or growl at them. <laughs> uh, this is Ryoko Shinonome to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> sort of more like in vibe because like uh, Ryoko is not like a particularly aggressive person. But as we saw in last episode. There's like this repetition with Ryoko where she's kind of doing the same thing over and over again, like a lot Mm -hmm. of characters, but each time it's like you don't really know what's going to happen. You know, sometimes she'll get a headache, sometimes she won't. That all felt very, this ritual of me having to be like, okay, are you going to be a good dog or a bad dog today? Uh, (laughs) Felt very Ryoko. Yeah. Relatedly, after that split second, if he growls, that's Yuki. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Next up, I don't if you have a small dog, you may be familiar with this phenomenon where they uh, talk to you uh, using little like grunts and sneezes. And often it'll be like he's like looking at me or whining or whatever because he wants to be fed. He gets fed um, generally at five o'clock every day, but he always starts asking to be fed at 334
0: ish. Scrappy, too. hmm. Yeah.
1: It's like, I, I know that you have a sense of time because you know it's getting to be your dinner time. I don't know why you think you should always be fed one hour before your actual dinner time. So I tell him, not yet. Mm-hmm. And in response, he will, like, snort at me or sneeze at me like he's sassing me. That's Tomi Kisaragi. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Another one that I think speaks for itself, barking at the television is Shu Amiguchi. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, this usually happens for some reason when those when you let Netflix idle and those like promotional images come up on the screen. Yeah. For some reason, he really doesn't like those. Really? Yeah, and yeah, he barks at them fairly often. <sighs> um, and finally, we have barking at cars. That's Nenji Agata.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Simply because of the way that. He can't take a car on, no uh, and he would never have to, and he knows that, yeah, he's just barking just to bark. I mean, this is maybe unfair to nenji because nenji very clearly like can fuck around in a fight, although yeah, well, yeah. now that I think about it, we don't this isn't like what we see in the game is not an actual memory, that's true. <laughs> About that that is now.
0: true, because when he fights the SIU agent, the guy says, I've never seen someone go down some easy. <laughs> That's right. And we've never actually yeah. seen him fight in any other scene because he was supposed to fight with Yuki, mm-hmm. but Yuki beat them up first. And he's like, hey, you beat up my fight before I could. Yeah.
1: And then the only thing we've really seen is he hit uh, Miura, but he hit <laughs> with him a with, a, with a bag.
0: A, s- a sneaky bag.
1: So, yeah, actually, I think this is pretty fitting.
0: Wow, that's so funny.
1: Barking at cars. Wow. Uh, and that's it. That's Ringo. I think I haven't missed any children.
0: Oh, I wasn't even paying attention. I think that's all. <laughs> I wasn't counting.
1: Yep, that's 13. There you go. Perfect. Amazing. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> really good bullshit. That's <laughs> I uh, Anything that gives me an excuse to talk
0: about my favorite boy. Of course, of course. And all that being being said, speaking of favorite boys, Ugh. let's move on to favorite girls. Yes, uh, with the story of Tomi Kisaragi.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: So we start, as always, with everybody else uh, with the prologue because we unlocked Tomi from doing shoes thing. Is that what it was? I think so. I think so. I think that's what it was. But anyway, um, so we pick up right after, I guess, maybe like, quote unquote, six months later Mm -hmm. (laughs) from Megumi's prologue where they meet Juro and then we fade to black six months later and they're at Sakura High in 1985. So I think that's kind of the timeline we're at. It's her first day in 1985, I guess. And she's just like walking around... Oh my god! The, the market district or whatever—just like that's so funny. Look how big that stoplight is. I've seen that sign before under the ha- under the hashtag Showa era tag. Just being so disrespectful—it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, really, really funny. It's like, man, this stuff is so stupid and dumb. I can't believe people live without smartphones. Mm-hmm. Am I right? And I was like, okay, I see where this is going. Yeah. But luckily, that, that just uh, it remains like a, a kind of endearing part of her character. Luckily, Goto shows up and it's like, stop running away from me. And she's like. No, I won't do that, actually. <laughs> uh, and then sees Nenji makes fun of his hair, and Nenji gets all offended. It's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you talking about? And then Goto's like, I'm sorry, she's not great at social interaction. I'll, I'll give her a stern talking to when we get home. And Nenji walks away saying, well, there goes my day. I <laughs> which, know! <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah yeah um, one
1: one comment from a random stranger about his hair and his yeah. day is ruined which looks so relatable
0: <laughs> yeah, thrown <it> into a <laughs> spiral um So then uh, Goto and Tomi, just in the middle of this bustling (laughs) area, just talk about how, yeah, you've traveled back in time with help of facilitators, the facilitators being the people from Shikishima. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Tomi says, Shikishima, right? The missile company? (laughs) Uh, Which is funny because in 1985, they are like a fridge company. I think they do it all. They do Um, do it all, yeah. They make ships as well. Miwa at some point says, oh, the the ship company. Very wild. And there's this recurring thing with like a couple of Tomi's Thought Cloud things where she gets very caught up in her timeline, like her personal timeline versus like the real world timeline, because she's like, well, I'm about to be 16, but here, 40 years ago how old or t- yeah 40 years ago you say how old am i it's like girl you're still 15 uh and then later on she sees she sees some schoolgirls, and she's like oh they look like they're my age but they're in reality they're 50 it's like well no they're they're still yeah, 15 they're right now they are <laughs> <Yeah>. children <laughs> uh it's just very funny how how like caught on that she is mm-hmm. and she is like very uh persistent with goto's like i want to go back i want to see my family i want to make sure everything's okay and goto's like your timeline is destroyed. uh, And even if you wanted to travel, you wouldn't be given the clearances or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can think about um, 2025 and like your, the timeline being destroyed and she says like it's like what do I even say to that yeah cool got it like what am I supposed to say and then immediately she's like well if I want them to send me back in time I'm gonna need leverage against yes. this huge company to get them to, so to let funny. me go back in time while Godot is right there that's my favorite thing mm-hmm. is she's like doing this entire scheme while Renia Godot is just sitting there with his arms crossed directly next to her she's like no I gotta get away from this fool I gotta think about how to leverage against one of the largest companies in the entire world I have so much respect As a 15 for 15 year old 40 years out of my time yeah incredible I love I love her
1: so yeah much. um one other note about this when she's thinking about Shikishima she says something about how all they care about is getting their hands on future tech yeah interesting
0: very interesting so, very interesting yeah. so then we go to school Miwa is there uh and there's a stack of books on Tommy's desk and you talk to me and she's like oh why'd you get all those did you get all those books for are you doing some studying and she's like no nah, just she basically just like I'm planning corporate espionage <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he was just... like oh that was a little weirder than I was expecting
1: yeah it's like she has like quarterly reports right. and like business journals <laughs> and shit uh, um, that she's checked out from the school library the school which library, is kind yeah. of crazy
0: yeah and you could talk to Miwa about Shikishima or no sorry you can think about Shikishima and she says like they started with appliances and then started getting into weapons (laughs) R&D just like okay uh, a cool and normal thing for a company to do I guess and then you know she thinks about after looking at the book she's like well there's nothing really useful in 1985 about this company who does Mm -hmm. this shit in 2025 just like stock reports and stuff like that there's nothing whatever and then uh, asks Miwa and Miwa's like oh I have a friend Whose family works for Shikishima, and uh, I, I can tell me. Like, I want you to, to set us up, like, make sure we can mm-hmm. we can meet. And he was like, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then we fade to the passageway between the uh, new school and old school, and the friend is late. <laughs> and after waiting for a few seconds, uh, Nenji Ogata shows up, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he's like, Hey, what's up? You said some girl wanted to ask me out, <laughs> and uh, turns out Nenji Ogata's the friend, and. <laughs> uh tomi's like you told him i wanted to ask him out he's like no i said that someone wanted to meet him and i guess he <laughs> took it he took it that way and then remember he remembers tomi and starts calling her Dogface. yeah um, which is fucked
1: we- up but also she did just walk up to this man and start making fun
0: of his hair yeah. like yeah. Um,
1: a stranger on the street to his yeah. face
0: and so- i i did I, I i did unlock the mystery file for Dogface. Um, Oh Really? Yeah. And so it's apparently actually let me let me actually just read the because it is like a very specific thing. It's not just like calling someone ugly. The mystery file for Dogface. Nenji Ogata uh, threw this insult at Tomi Kisaragi. In the original Japanese, the word he uses is chin kusha derived from chin, the Japanese chin dog and kushami, a sneeze. (laughs) The Japanese do- uh, chin dogs uh, facial features are unusually close together. The originator of this insult must have imagined that such a dog sneezing would be especially hard on the eyes. <laughs> and then it's like, that's well, so Tommy didn't funny. realize the specific the specific insult. She did realize that he was insulting her. Mm-hmm. So really good. Really, really that's good. Because really I saw that funny. it was unlockable. I was like, this seems like a weird thing to be unlockable. Let's yeah. see what this is. Uh, but I do love how specific it is. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's uh, uh, Nenji calls Tommy dog face. A bunch. And then they kind of just go back and forth. And then we see Iori at the the other end of the passageway. He's like, oh, I've been looking for you. Starts to run up. And then there's like an electrical whatever. She falls over. There's a flash. Mm -hmm. uh, And then they're gone. Yeah. Uh, The three, three, Tomi, Miwa, and Nenji have teleported elsewhere. Elsewhere. And then we wake up. uh, We don't get a time stamp here. Because Nenji and Miwa think that this was some sort of like, <laughs> Nenji's like, there must have been a nuclear bomb that mm-hmm. went off and threw us across town. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're like standing up and walking around fine. So like, obviously that's not what happened. Uh, but Miwa's like, oh my God, if there was a nuclear bomb that went off, that means we're going to die because yeah. there's radiation everywhere. Like, okay. Eventually, after going back and forth a little bit, uh, they see some sentinels or they see some daimos flying in the distance. They hide, and then Tomi's like, oh, this is 2025. <laughs> she's like, oh, I don't know if I told you. I came from the future, and then nobody says anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and me was like, oh, there's someone over here, and then they run off, and that's the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that brings us to 12% completed on yeah. Tomi's
1: story. Um, Some details that I, I'd like to point out. Um, sure. Tomi starts calling Nenji Captain Pompadour which is oh very God. good. Um, she also says at some point when they're talking about whether it's a nuke, she says, you're like a big greasy roach. I bet you could survive a nuke. No problem. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. I just, their, their whole dynamic all this time is that they are still bickering.
0: They're just fighting the whole time. It's yeah. So good.
1: That's great. Uh, okay. So now we, we dived back into Tomy and uh, the next scene opens up sort of title of it is stranded day one Kayaki cho destroyed city 2025 so there is uh the ruined building that we've seen before in some of ryoko's memories in 2025 they're sort of hiding out in there ryoko Shinonome is there so this is actually connected to the scene that we saw uh yes. when we talked about her um she's sleeping on the ground mi was crouched over her um she's not doing great. You know, they're like, we really need to get her to a doctor. But <laughs> where? Uh, anyway, uh, Nenji walks in. Um, it turns out he was looking for his house and uh, he found it. But um, first he hands each girl a soda. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me, or I'm sorry, Tomi had been talking about how she was thirsty at the beginning of the scene. So uh, she's very relieved. Sign number one of Nenji being a very good, sweet, thoughtful boy. So Nenji reports, "Okay, I found a calendar. It really is the year 2025. um, And there's some crazy shit out there. I saw dead kaiju everywhere and they were like torn apart. And he said his house wasn't there anymore. It's apparently been replaced by a skyscraper. And so at this point, Tomi thinks about the dead kaiju and her house and so you can basically choose which one you want to go to Mm. um so to start we mention it to uh nenji and that will have tomi run off and say i want to get a look at this dead kaiju and he's like oh shit like miwa stay here watch shinonome senpai and he follows so they they walk up to one of these dead kaiju and they're like, wow, it looks like a machine. Maybe it's like a big alien weapon or something. She um, says, <laughs> "Tommy says, I, I've been talking to Natsu yeah. Maybe it's a weapon. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. And so they're they're sort of looking at everything. And suddenly Nenji spots someone or something coming and uh, they hide. <laughs> And Sorry,
0: right, right before this, right, because because this is a fucking reveal. Yeah. Right before this, Tomi, you can look at the there's like a control panel or whatever, and Tomi comments that it kind of looks like our technology, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. More on immediate that foreshadowing, but yeah,
1: yeah. So in walks this like humanoid, scary robot. Yeah. <laughs> That is clearly a Terminator reference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And it, but it is it is pretty fucking scary. Um. Yeah. I was losing my mind when this yeah, happened. So it it walks in. It sort of looks around and then it leaves. Um. And after it's gone, uh, they're like, "Damn, that looked like the thing from Exterminator, right?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, as they're sort of unhiding, uh, Nenji notices on. The kaiju parts, this is the Shikashima Industries logo. And they realize that means this wasn't an alien attack, it was man-made. And so Tomi starts just like pushing buttons on that control panel. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> This is one of those things where it gives you many options. It's like press the the white button, press the red button. Um, And if you press all of them, they all are just like access denied. Yeah. Uh, So then Nenji tries and it's very funny because he's like, "Uh, let me show you with these things. You got to do this. And um, (laughs) he pushes
0: one of the buttons. Fucking mansplains pushing a button. Yes. (laughs) Fucking Christ.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then it says authorized board member administrative ID. And they realize it's, Maybe because uh Nenji's dad is an executive. Um, and Tommy goes, Wait, you're a rich kid? <laughs> Which, first of all, Tommy, like you kind of already knew this because that's why Miwa was introducing you in the first right. place. But whatever. A lot has happened. Um, right. so she finally puts it together and Nenji's and like, shut it. And he starts blushing. He's clearly embarrassed <laughs> to be a rich kid. Um, yeah. so anyway, uh, this screen sort of lights up and Uh, We just get basically an info dump from it. So this like computer voice says, Shikishima Interstellar Development Division. Year 2188, Terraforming Project number 8834. Third phase, Surface Construction and Modification. Colossal Autonomous Heavy Machinery D-Series D-800 Surface Excavation Unit Giant Molar. And so they realize, okay, this is... From the way, way future, this is a machine used to terraform other planets. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, what is this doing here? Yeah. Uh, so that's where that scene ends. Yeah. Nenji Ogata is unlocked.
0: Yes. But, but we, yet. yeah, we didn't do that yet. We did one more round of Tomi. Yeah. Got one more small tommy scene. So we're back uh, at the abandoned building. I think it's interesting to note that Tomi's story. Uh, Normally after the prologue, it's kind of like we move on to the next step of the story. Um, But I believe for pretty much everyone, we've kind of like started a loop over Mm -hmm. and we kind of are for Tomy, but it's played off like she just came back from the kaiju. Yeah. So it's like still a, a, you know, a straight line in terms of of timeline stuff. So that's pretty interesting. I don't know.
1: That is interesting. I wonder, it would be interesting to compare, like, is it just the 1980s scenes that loop...
0: That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Either way, they come back. They talked. You can uh, tell what that the kaiju are Shikishima made, uh, and, and then she brought chocolate this time. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, I found it in a vending machine." This is a provider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love uh, this man. Um, and then uh, you can go to eat it, as Tomi, and she's like, "I mean, I need food," but or she says, "I don't really need food. What I need is a sugar rush." And she eats it. <laughs> she takes a bite, and she goes, "It's so cute."
1: It's really cute. The the dynamic in this group is really fun. It's very I love this group together.
0: Yeah. So then you can bring up uh, Tomi's old apartment uh, and then basically the same thing happens. Tomi leaves Mm -hmm. and then she's like, ah, stay here with the second year. I'll be back. Yeah. Uh, And follows her. Uh, And then we get, it's very interesting because this is like almost a direct mirror of the Ida Tomi scene Mm -hmm. that we see at the end of, of Shoes, whatever the last round of shoe that we did. Yeah. Like, Basically verbatim. Yeah. like She says like, oh my gosh, everything's ruined. And then turns and it's like, uh, I'm sorry, I just had to get that out. And then, uh, uh, and then she's like, that's fine. If you have to cry, you can cry. He's like, you can do it. She's like, I I'm not crying. This, man. this is just how I talk. He's like, OK. Uh, I loved that. It was really sweet, too. It's really like, sweet. I love yeah. these two. She says the thing about the pear tart and then thinks about Megumi and says, you saw what was happening here. You can think back to the first day of school at 1985 and she walks on it's like i can't believe this dude thinks i'm just gonna like go to class like stuff is normal <laughs> like what why would i do that and me was standing around but you can't talk to her because you don't know her yet and this is where she talks to the school you can observe the school girls and she's like oh they're like 50 in our time mm-hmm. it's like, okay uh something Yori comes out to meet miwa chan and they leave Yori uh, had been sleeping in the nurse's office to sleep through sixth period because she's tired, you know, the, the, the bad dreams. So then you can walk a little more and then eventually Megumi walks out and, you know, it's the first time they've seen each other, I guess, since 2025 or 2024, I guess, because it seems like Tomi got mm-hmm. sent before Megumi did uh, because she says like, oh, you stayed back. Like right. what happened, what happened to the city? And Megumi basically says, you know, everything was destroyed and blah, 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 blah. Which I guess, I don't know if that means she piloted a Sentinel or if she just stayed back and hung out with Juro. It sounds like she piloted a Sentinel. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Juro, he walks by. Megumi gets all, you know, weird. Uh, and Tommy's like, oh, that's Izumi, right? Did something happen? Like every time I talk to him, he just seems like a totally different person. Mm-hmm. And she just says like, oh, he's lost his memory. He's like a completely new per- person. Uh, she's like oh did he hit his head <laughs> He's like no it was something with the with the sentinel and uh tommy's like oh my gosh i'm so sorry uh,
1: yeah tommy's like okay so he doesn't remember you like what now are we just supposed to give up on him you know oh, give up yeah. on jiro izumi and that's when megumi she gets like angry angry yeah angry <laughs> and it's like i never i'll never give up and it's like calm
0: down this yeah, is it- this
1: is why she's like Ringo in that split. Oh wait, no, that was
0: Ryoko. Never mind. <laughs> uh but yeah, so that's uh that's the end of that scene, and that's the all of Tom uh Tomi that we played for today. Good stuff. So really wild good stuff. some wild stuff and some great setup for the, the next thing. Yeah. Uh, the story of Nenji Ogata. Yes, indeed.
1: So Ogata's prologue starts off at Kamazumi station line number five platform, 1985 at 4.50 p.m. He's standing there with Tomi. Tomi is like in the middle of a sentence and Nenji, as if waking from, you know, a nap or something or, you know, he's like, Surprised that he's there. He's like, what the hell just happened? Um, He starts talking about how uh, the train went off the rails. But hold on, he's back at the same platform before. And he remembers Tomi being on the train, um, doesn't remember how they got back here. And Tomi like doesn't get it. She thinks it's a joke. And then she remembers, wait, I remember it wasn't even my train. I went on the semi-express to go after you. Uh, and there's this great moment where he's like, you and I were together the whole time, right? And Tommy goes, I think I'd know if we were together, like with air quotes. And he's like, that's not what I meant, but OK. <laughs> it's, so it's
0: such a good response.
1: It's really good. Yeah. Um, Tommy's like, you're being weirder than usual. So you sort of... <laughs> Start skulking around as as Ogata does. Uh, also funny, Ogata's carrying a briefcase in this scene, but he doesn't hold it by the handle. He like tucks it under yeah. his arm
0: um yeah. extremely good so he can keep both his hands in his pocket like a
1: cool right guy. right yeah. like a cool guy so if you walk all the way to the left um you find wajima and his thugs of the kuri gang mm-hmm. um <laughs> Wajima calls ogata the most punchable face in the city and says it's about time we settled our shit and ogata's like we already did this and i beat your ass into the ground uh i guess that <laughs> didn't count either and so Wajima sort of keeps goading him uh, to fight. And then she's like, no, I'm not going to do the same fight twice. I don't have time for this. And then Tomi walks up and Wajima starts talking shit on her. He calls her a little bitch. Um, and uh, it's like, oh, I didn't know you were into elementary schoolers, you perv. And that sets Ogata off. Uh, it fades to black and we hear. Uh, punching sounds and... The telltale signs of battle. <laughs> yeah. We come back and all of the query gang are on the ground and Ogata's, uh, you know, fixing up his pompadour. So uh, Tomi's train arrives and uh, <laughs> Ogata's like, no, don't get on that train. You're so sexy. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though.
1: It is pretty much like that. Um, she's like, she accuses him of being weird again. Uh, he's like, you can't get on this train. She goes, you can't decide that for me. It's not like, like you can just tell me what to do. Like, obviously, she's like, it's not like you're my boyfriend yeah. yet. Um, so she gets on the train. Not that that follows. means that he can
0: tell her what to do when they are no, together. Exactly.
1: Yes. Also worth pointing out. So uh, the scene changes to on the train. It is a semi-express train car bound for Tsutsuji. Uh, and it is 5.12 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tommy's like, why are you here? This isn't your train. And When you, you get derailed train in the thought cloud and when you consider it, uh, thinks, Tomi always gets on that train and it always crashes. Once she's on, she's basically dead. How can I make her understand? And he's trying to convince her, like, this train is about to derail, um, you know, and how do you explain that to someone who is not going through what is clearly the same time loop as you are? Right. And so basically they're arguing and suddenly there is a big flash out the window. You can see the dimos are here. And Nanji's like, oh, I remember now. Like, this is what happened on the other train. The train is derailed just as he remembers. Um, And the scene fades out. And then the next scene fades in. And we are in space. There's just like a like screen sort of galaxy starry <laughs> background yeah. um, and Nenji's sentinel portrait pops up. He's very confused um, and very concerned about Tomi. And then another screen pops up, but it's distorted. We can't see who's on the other side. There is a mysterious voice. Should we reveal who the
0: voice is? Because it was pretty obvious from the beginning who the voice is. I was, yeah, I was okay. I I knew immediately.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's Okino's voice. It's Okino, yeah. Okino says, Connection established. Can you hear me, Nanji Ogata? And starts asking, Where is the key? Nanji doesn't know what they're talking about. And Okino says, I need the decode key. Where is it? I'm sending you back. You have to find the key. So, weird voice gets added to the thought cloud. We get that terrible clock animation that happens when a character time travels. Um, and we start off back on the platform yet again. And that's where the season fades out. But we will pick up right back there. Uh, the next scene.
0: Yeah, 12%. I don't know if you took note of exactly what Tommy says at the beginning of the scene. It doesn't really have any bearing on anything. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I just took note. She says, I guess when you put it like that, maybe you've got a point. I should slow down and think a little. Still, though, and then asks, are you even paying attention? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Nenji is obviously uh, preoccupied with the, <laughs> the time loop that he's being exposed to. He asks Tony about the key, and she's like, I have an apartment key. Like, is that what you mean? He's like, maybe. Oh, wait, no, I just, I have house keys, too. It's yeah. that. <clears throat> and she doesn't remember the derailing. Uh, <laughs> Nenji says, like, they're coming. And she's like, oh, my God, where? It's like, well, not, not yet. They're, <laughs> they'll be here. But they're not, they're not here yet. Uh, she's like, you're being weird. Uh, and if you walk over to the right First of all, as you go to walk away, she's like, hey, where are you going? Um, <laughs> and then Yuri uh, and Okino are there are there. And uh Nenji like hides behind a, a pillar or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Tomi's like, why are you being so weird? Do you like do you have feelings for Iori? And He's like, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. And then we do pan to the left. We see uh, Juro there. But then we come back and Yuri and Okino get on the train and or, sorry, I, Tomi and, and Iori talk a little bit. But Nenji just stays hidden the whole time. And then Iori and Akito get on the train. He's like, ah, do I follow them? I don't, I don't know. And then you do. Uh, And it is 5.01 PM uh, on this train. And if you walk a bit to the right, oh, look, there's a child there. Who could that be? It's Chihiro Morimura. Chihiro (laughs) Morimura. Yeah, very weird. And he's, and she's like, oh, are you looking for somebody? He's like, yeah, have you seen any like teens around? And then she transforms into Iori. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up, dude. Um she just like fades and then Iori like stands up and is like, hey, yeah. what's up? And he's like, um what? <laughs> okay. Uh do you know anything about the key? And then Iori runs away and then he follows her. He's like, hey, why'd you run away? Uh do you know anything about the key? And she says, why are you looking for something like that? And then uh transforms into regular Morimura, says Something that I didn't take note of uh, and then transforms into catsuit Morimura with a gun. (laughs) Uh,
1: The Um, thing that regular Morimura says is just you're looking for the key. Okay, yeah.
0: Transforms into catsuit Morimura with a gun. Yeah. Uh, And oh, my God. She's like, you're the one who originally had the key. And then she's like, who are you? Wait. You remind me of that League of Darkness lady. Oh my god! <laughs> like
1: what the fuck? Are you I talking know. About? I lost my mind. What's, what's happening? happening? League of Darkness.
0: Yeah. Um, so then uh, <laughs> she shoots him. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, "This only hurt for a second. She shoots him. Screen fades to to white, and then we have a flashback to 1976 of <laughs> a little Nenji Hokata mm-hmm. swinging a bat at nothing. Yep. And she's like, oh, Yeah. Uh, and then cat suit Morimura, still the same age. Walks up and it's like, hey, are you playing? And he's like, no, I'm training. It's <laughs> like, OK, um, weird. It's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I should take you like I can take you home. It's getting late. Uh, and he's like, what? No, you sound like the people from the League of Darkness before they mm-hmm. kidnap a kid or whatever. Uh, and she says League of Darkness. And he says, yeah, from Common Hero. <laughs> like, Do you know anything? And, and she's like, ah, yes, television. <laughs> kids love tv it's like okay <laughs> so, <laughs> so fucked up it's really fucked up because she's like okay well you're gonna call the kaiju and she takes out a gun yeah <laughs> and he's like oh uh, and runs away and she sh- tries to shoot him two times uh and then we we fade to, to we dip to black for a second and come back in the same spot and then she's like oh man i must have run around the block Which immediately set off an alarm bell in my head that was like, you definitely didn't run around a block, my friend. I think Mm -hmm. you just you ran out of the scene and then set into the scene. Yeah. And so then she uh, she shows back up and shoots him. It's like, it's only going to hurt for a second. Uh, (laughs) These are nanomachines. They're going to add to the program inside you. What
1: the fuck? Yeah. I want to highlight a few other lines that are just really interesting. So she uh after she says the TV line, she says, I think you're the real bad guy. Eight years from now, you're going to call a bunch of monsters and destroy the world. And little Nenji's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not evil. Um, and she says, you're going to do it whether you're good or evil. Sometimes things just happen. So then she shoots at him. Um and when she talks about the nano machines later she says it'll add on to the program inside of you it's not a huge change but it's something we need to fight back and now we can prepare our weapons the sentinels she like looks on into the horizon
0: yeah the shit is so fucked up it's so fucked up dude and then we uh head back to space uh and then she's like ah what the fuck uh that was Fuyusaka, right? Like <clears throat> it definitely mm-hmm. looked like an older Fuyusaka. And then the voice shows up it's like, Hey, do you have the key? Like, no? It's like, okay, well, you gotta send you back. Uh, and then Ninji brings up the fact that he's like, Why do you keep sending me to a train station? Mm-hmm. And the voice seems Okino okay, you know, seems confused that they are at a train station. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Okay, well, I guess that's some information. Uh, I guess that's what your your memories are creating or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then and then sends them back and we get the fun graphic again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he says it means the person with the key is somewhere around there. Keep looking. One thing I just remembered in the scene, when you're talking to Iori and Mm -hmm. Okino before they get on the train, there is a moment where the camera pans and you see Juro Karabe further down the platform. Yeah, I said that. Oh, okay, sorry, I missed that. I kept trying to find Juro <laughs> and I could not really um, after this scene. Yeah. I thought that that was going to be one of the next uh, things is that you have to follow Juro, but.
0: Um, Interesting. You know, do you think that means we missed it?
1: I don't know if it means that we missed it or if it means that there is
0: something else we have to another, do. Yeah. In a yeah. future scene. Cause maybe. when you, when it pans to Juro, it, it comes back to Tomi and she's like, Hey, don't mm-hmm. ignore me. Um, yeah. And so it's like, okay, let's keep talking to Tomi then. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, OK, so uh, we're back in it again. Mm-hmm. You can consider the key. And Nenji thinks that League of Darkness lady, she said I was the one who had this key in the first place. But none of that's ringing a bell. Um, so this time uh, we go and confront Yori and immediately just ask her about the key. And um, she's very confused. <laughs> and she's like, you told me something like I used to carry this key, right? And she's like, what the f- are you talking about he's like well you haven't said it yet but you're gonna tell me soon you know what i'm saying right she does not know
0: (laughs) yeah Um, he says i sound like a fucking loon
1: yeah uh he's particularly bad at explaining this thing that's already difficult to explain yeah um you can ask her what's your connection to that black cat suit lady and again she has no idea what you're talking about um so uh yori and okino leave uh and this time we go back to uh, the left side of the platform and find Wajima again. And if you ask him about the key, yeah. he'll be like, what key are you talking about? And Nanji's like, I don't know, ma'am, whatever keys you got. And Wajima goes, I had my motorcycle key, but my teacher took it away. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> to which Nanji replies, Boo freaking (laughs) who it's good stuff. Yeah, it is very good. So uh, Wajima wants to fight. Nenji tries to talk it out this time uh, to no avail. Uh, But once again, uh, Wajima says all of that very uncalled for stuff about Tomi yeah. and Nenji once again. Uh, he goes, you'd think that wouldn't get to me anymore, but hey, yeah. I'm still mad and beats ass again. I
0: love when he does, when he, when he like talks to him after that Tomi line, cause he like the way that they've <laughs> designed Wajima's, <laughs> uh, portrait or whatever and and nenji's portrait they like perfectly fit into each other Where like yeah he's kind of looking down and nenji like bends down to like look up into his face yeah. he's like, what the fuck did you say to me it's really <laughs> good it's really really good it's very good
1: so you know beats up beats up watch again mm-hmm. the train shows up nenji begs tomi not to get on it he's like oh i don't know how to describe it but uh it'll be really bad yeah. and uh if you ask her about the derailed train Nanji says, look, they're coming. The train's going to get derailed. There's going to be a huge accident. Like, please, I'm being serious. Just believe me. So Tommy's like, all right, fine. So what do I do instead? And he said, let's get out of the station while there's still time. If we can get outside, that's got to change something. So the scene fades and we find them in the city. The Daimos are here. <laughs> Narrator voice, that did not change anything. <laughs> um, it didn't. Yeah. So... Uh, we see the dimos. Tomi has to stop at some point because her ankle hurts, and so they hide. And we see a like spider-like dimos. St- Sort of stalk in. I don't know if we've seen this kind of dimos before so. in destruction, have we? Yeah.
0: Unless they're supposed to just be like the little guys, but I don't know. Maybe.
1: Um. So Tommy says they destroyed my home and they'll destroy 1985 too. Uh. To which Nenji replies, "Well, we can't beat ourselves up about shit we can't change. Maybe there's no way out of this, but we'll never know if we don't run." Present king. Yeah. <laughs> to be in the yeah, moment. Yeah, love that. <laughs> um. And they run out, and then the scene fades back to space again uh and okino's like find the key yet and then she's like i don't give a shit about your key who are you if you can do all this crazy time crap then save kisaragi uh and okino says tomi kisaragi well if you want to see her you need to cooperate and find the key give me its location and i'll help her which feels like a lie
0: (laughs) yes it certainly does (laughs) um that brings us to 37%, uh, at which point I noted I love Nenji's portrait. It's <laughs> um, so like good. Every time you select one of the Sentinels, you get like their little character portrait with their name uh, before it fades into the actual scene. And Nenji's just really good. He's just mm-hmm. like, he's kind of doing the, the catsuit Morimura pose where he's like yeah. showing his ass and 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 his top at the same time. <laughs> um, but he's got this like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like angry Gritty, like yeah, anime, team looking over boy the shoulder,
1: thing. but he's also winking, isn't he?
0: I don't think it's wink. I think it's like I don't know oh, if it's a wink it? or if it's just like a, uh, you know, wait, I don't wait. know. I think he's trying to be intimidating. Is the thing? I think he's winking. That eye is closed. Yeah, but that's like a wink, wink. It's not like a. I don't know. Got a portrait. This this man contains multitudes. I can't. But he's got it. the angry eyebrows. Like. He's got it's the angry eyebrows, but the one eye is closed. That's yeah. I don't know. It's really good. I love it's it a great. lot. It's great. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, also the 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 stems on this boy. Dude's got mm. some freaking trunk legs, dude. Yeah, he does. Like, he does not skip leg day. It's fantastic. You know? Now I'm just looking
1: at Nenji fan art. Nenji Legata. Is that anything? It's not nothing. <laughs>
0: Okay, I was going to take the silence as a—it's <laughs> definitely not anything. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm looking at Nenjiu portraits. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so the beginning of the scene happens. Uh, make your way over to Iori and Okino, and at this point, I had just like talked to Iori normally without like doing any of the thought cloud stuff, and I was like, "Is this?" He's <laughs> like, "He's like, hey, that kind of thing ain't normal, right?" <laughs> like her turning into other versions of herself. It's like, is that some kind of magic trick? Is it some sort of test? She's like, so "What funny. do you mean?" What and at are that you point, talking about yeah. And at that point, Tomi's like, "Yeah, maybe you should tell us what you're like, what you uh, actually want, buddy." Like, maybe that's. But then the train shows up. They get on the train, uh and then after you walk around for a little bit, eventually Ryoko shows up mm-hmm. and like stops. And and if you go to talk to her, her head immediately starts. To, uh, hurting after Nenji's like oh she she not know my senpai and he asks about the key and she doesn't give any responses to any of this stuff she's just mm-hmm. like ah my brain you know and Tommy's like should we call someone and then she's, and then she says, who? And she says, a, a like a, like a station worker. And then she, it's, it's very funny. Cause it, it, it implies that there's like a bunch more loops that we have not seen, mm-hmm. uh, where then she's just like, no, if we call a worker that just resets everything, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's also worth noting, um, which I did this a, bu- a few times, uh, in this run cause I couldn't figure out what to do next. But, um, if you like fail to do the next thing you need to do to progress the story, mm the loop does just start over again. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I, I did it a bunch of times where, like, I couldn't figure it out, and I ended up, like, talking to Wajima and, like, triggering Tomi getting on the train, and then you get this, like, short scene with Okino being like, I'm going to put you back at the beginning again, you didn't figure anything out, and
0: <laughs> you just it over again. Oh, interesting. So, like yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, the, the train shows up and Ryoka gets on the train, and Nenji gets on. And it's. I think it's worth noting every time you get on a train that's not mm-hmm. Tommy's, Tommy's like, hey, that's the wrong train. Where are you going? Yeah. Um,
1: it's also cool how they, they sort of signify. Anytime you get on a train, they tell you what train it is and what time it is. Yeah. So you know whether it's like the 512 train that. You know, that Tomi gets on that derails, um, or whether it's an earlier train and the Dimos attack hasn't started yet, which is very cool.
0: It's very good stuff. And this one is at, uh, I think, like 511 or something. This one's 506. 506. Okay.
1: It's also, it's not an express train, it's a local train.
0: <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you get on this train, you walk over to the one way, and you see Ryoko and A passed out on the ground. Uh, a has something in his hand, which is a, it's, it's like a, a It kind of looks like the ampule uh, from Iori's thing or from Ryoko's thing that she finds on Iori. uh, marked DD-426. Uh, And then she's like, oh, what's this? And then Ida shows up. It's just on the train. Old Ida. And he's doing the classic anime evil scientist guy like glasses flashing mm-hmm. thing, which I think is really good. Um he's like, that's poison. <laughs> like, okay. Crazy. Um he tells he tells nenji that it was meant to poison the D forces, um, but that it has been used on them as well, or they've been affected by it. He says they ended up as collateral damage. Yeah, collateral damage, which is weird. Weird. Yeah. And then explains that Ryoko's symptoms come from the poison. Uh and he says that their nano machines are infected. And then goes on to say, it all comes down to 15 teenagers, the commander's of the D forces, okay, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> continues to wax poetic about how it was never the kaiju; mankind was the cancer all along. Stupid. Uh, and then immediately after <laughs> he finishes that sentence, there's an explosion in the background uh, of of the Daimos arriving. Nenji is like obviously, you know, shaken by this. But uh, uh, I don't know if you noticed, Ida's character portrait just goes to him with like the flashing sun- mm-hmm. uh, the, f- the flashing glasses. He's just standing there like he knew this was gonna happen. Very dramatic. So we. Fly back to space. Uh, He's like, I still haven't found this key. Like, what is it? What does it even look like? And Okina's just like, you'll know what it is when you see it. (laughs) And says, know that when you find the key, it is the key, which I don't know how that's supposed to help Nenji at all.
1: Well, I think it's when you find the key, you'll know that it's the key.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like, it'll be it'll be obvious. Uh, And then the screen That had previously been very broken up, shows gasp, Okino. There he he is. Mm -hmm. And basically just explains like, look, do whatever you need to do to get this key. If you need to beat people up, do it. Like just whatever, whatever you have to do, you just have to, you have to get this key. Uh, and then goes offline. And and Nenji's like, ah, I recognize who that is. And and uh Sukasa Okino. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sukasa Okino pops up in the thought cloud, and that is 50%. Brings us to 50%. One more, one more round.
1: Okay, so back on the platform yet again. Um, You have a few new words to consider. D command, uh, which Nenji thinks the world's going to end because of 15 people sending out this command to the kaiju. You ask Tomi about attack. Yes. And what Nenji says is, if you knew the world was going to end in a couple of minutes, how would you spend them? Yeah. And Tomi thinks for a minute, she's like, okay, well, a couple of minutes, that's like not a lot of time to like, Get anywhere, or do anything, mm-hmm. I guess I would spend them with you. Oh, oh. my heart. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. And then she's like, okay, just wait here for a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. Just stay here. So then you go and uh find Okino and ask him about the weird voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nenji says, how'd you put me in that capsule? Why do you keep putting me here? And Okino's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> and Nenji basically threatens him. And a train comes. Okino sort of runs onto it. And if you follow him onto the train, you wake up again in this, in space. And Nenji says, Okino, you asshole. And Okino's like, what is going on? Can you see me? Yeah. And then she's like, I'm onto you. Get me out of here. Get me <laughs> out of this capsule. And uh, another portrait pops up, and it's Takatoshi Higiyama. He says, "Did he figure it out? What's our next move?" <laughs> um, and then she's like, "Oh, wait! I remember you, Higiyama. You came out of nowhere with that sucker punch." Yeah. And Higiyama goes, "I warned you. It's not your my fault that you can't take a punch." And then the scene changes, and we are in the Higuromocho abandoned factory. Two F Okino and Higiyama are there. Ogata is. Tied up to a chair with some kind of like future tech type helmet on mm. his head. Uh, and Hijiyama's like, Well, he's awake. What do we do now? Uh, <laughs> and Ogata's like, What is going on? And Okino says, You don't have to know. You're going right back in again. Very sinister. Uh, mm. But you start asking Okino about things. If you ask about the attack, Nenji's like, Can you save any of the others? Hijiyama says, An attack? So those things are the true foes of the Sentinel, um, I guess, sort of putting together like, oh, this is what the Sentinels were actually made for, not to uh, win World War Two. Um, <laughs> and Okino's like, I really don't care. Like m- what I'm trying to find is the reason for the attack. Um, so I need the key. And so when you ask about D command, uh, Naji says, so one person is commanding these kaiju to come here, one out of the the 15, Anokinu says, yeah, 15 children's lives were manipulated so that they would destroy the world. They broadcast command signals from their body even if they don't want to or even know. Those signals create the kaiju and then beckon them here. Which is interesting. Then if you ask about League of Darkness, Nenji says, that League of Darkness lady said I was the one who had the key first, but I don't know anything about that. Okino says the control key is a code for the program. You're one of those 15 people and up until two months ago, the commands were coming from you, but now someone else has the key and they're sending out a signal to start the apocalypse. Finally, you ask about the key. You know, how do I even look for it? Mm-hmm. Is what Nenji asks. And Okino says to you, it'll look like a standard metal key. At least Within that station, we need to find out who got the control key after you. The idea was to pull the data out of you. But whatever happened is really bound up in your personal memory. So now you're the only one who can dig it out. So that's why we're going through this process. Mm -hmm. And Hijiyama just cleared up is like that station is an illusion created from your memory. So this is why I think (laughs) this is not an actual memory. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that Nenji... Uh, actually beat up Wachima and all of his guys single-handedly. definitely not. (laughs) Yeah, so Okino realizes, uh, none of this makes any sense to me, but Mm -hmm. Okino's like, oh, that's how you broke out of the simulation. Even (laughs) I'm there at the station, so you piggybacked on my access ID. I guess that'd get you clear of control. Well, I can fix that, so let's jump back in. Um, And Ogata's like, wait, 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 hold on. And Okino says, don't squirm. Trust me, you don't want that tech coming off by force. Uh You might never wake up. Find the key. And uh, Hijiyama apologizes for hitting him, but is like, you need to take this seriously. If you want to be free, help us. That's your only option. There you go. That's the end of the scene.
0: That brings us to 62% of Nenji Ogata. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got locked out. <sighs> and that's where we got locked out. So we moved on to the story of Takatoshi Hijiyama. Hello everybody editing, AJ here, feeling a little bit better. Uh, I just wanted to hop in here and give a quick content wording for the discussion after Hijiyama's round. This ending involves emotional manipulation, issues of non-consent, and our discussion of these events briefly touches on sexual assault. Uh, If you have access to chapter markers, there will be one at the beginning of this section, one right before our discussion of the events, and then one when we transition back into the regular ending. Uh, If you don't have chapter markers, I'll fade into this transition music, uh, and that can be your cue to skip to one hour, 16 minutes, and 55 seconds in order to avoid these possibly triggering discussions. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Let's get back to the show.
1: From one himbo to another.
0: One himbo to the
1: next. So this scene starts at the Sakura High School front gate at 10, 10 a.m. Hijiyama is looking for Okino. Um, he wants to help him so he can save the homeland from this war. Yeah. Truly unclear if he's talking about World War II or the war with the daimos. Oh, my God. Um, so he sneaks yeah. into the school... Uh, particularly into the wooden building. If you consider the Sentinel here, he thinks weapon from the future. It doesn't make sense or it does make sense. Even one of their computers was so far beyond anything that we knew. Uh, so then you reminisce about uh, the day you met Kiriko Doji here. Um, <laughs> and I love this scene because we saw this scene from, I guess, Miura's perspective. Yes. Uh now seeing it from Hijiyama's perspective, mm. it's very different. Uh, mm. In Miura's memory, Hijiyama was like stumbling over his words mm-hmm. and really awkward. And here he is so smooth. He's like, oh, I miss your stunning. I'm Takatoshi yeah. Hijiyama. <laughs> I'm going to remember this day forever because it was the day you came into my life.
0: Did he? So did he say that out loud or was that a thought?
1: know it i thought his mouth was moving though
0: i couldn't tell even re-watching it i was like i don't really know if this is a thought or not
1: and uh kirigo says you're a funny guy but you seem pretty (laughs) incredible yourself takatoshi-san um and we see uh hijiyama in in this like memory he had turned back into his like earlier self with short hair and his like military yeah and his military uniform and now he fades back to his uh, 80s, grungy self. Um, and Kuriko is still here. Mm-hmm. And, or Okino, says, you really are a funny guy and he is uncomfortable. And is like, you didn't have to run after me. And Hiji is like, I'm not about to let you get away. I want to know what you're trying to accomplish. And Okidian's like, okay, I don't know if you're going to believe me, but I'm trying to stop the apocalypse. A force is on its way to destroy the world. Um, I'm not really concerned with what they are. I just want to know why they're coming. The answer is in something called the Decode. There are other humans with modifications like you and Miura. Uh, you are beaming out signals calling destroyers here, but... and have no idea. So uh, Hijiyama asks, weren't those implants only added so we could pilot the sentinels in the first place? (laughs) And Okino says... I made the Sentinels, but I'm not the one who modified all of you. There's too many unknowns with the inner Lossiter. That's what I'm looking into.
0: I love this. It does the same thing that it did with mm-hmm. uh, A. Is that who it was A? MIRA. with MIRA, where he like hears a thing and it gets added to the thought cloud as he, as hears, he it. hears it. Uh, and so we know the Interlocerer is I-N-T-E-R-L-O-C-I-T-E-R or whatever because he says it, or we, we uh, BJ says it to Natsuno about the interloster code matching or whatever um, but Hijiyama hears it as inner i n n e r mm-hmm. space lossiter l o s s i t e r just its own word It's like
1: uh, so that's how it comes out in the thought cloud what's the inner lossiter so when you ask that uh Okino says it's like a little t- network of tiny machines it has to be implanted in what? your body what <laughs> what yeah It's wild. Um, So Okino's like, listen, everyone's supposed to be in class right now and you shouldn't be here. So why don't you hang out until lunchtime? Then there will be like more people around and it'll be easier for you to get out of here. So just hang out here until then. Mm -hmm. Um, So a few hours pass. Uh, Hijiyama's been napping uh, like with his head on a desk. And at some point he's just like, I don't want to sit here anymore. I'm just going to go outside. So he walks out onto uh, the passageway. He finds Iori and Shu here talking about their dreams and sort of walks Mm -hmm. past them and says to himself, a student's duty should be to focus on their studies.
0: This kind of hanky panky has no place here. Hanky panky! Uh, Oh, this dude really is a fucking 80 year old man. Big
1: Specifically, Age of Ultron, Steve Rogers' energy. Holy
0: shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely.
1: Yeah. He also thinks not that that girl was wasn't cute, I suppose, mm-hmm. but clearly she has no eye for men. Yeah. Um. Great. Which is so- really funny because
0: when when Miura sees Shu, he's like a, a boy with a girl's haircut. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny.
1: Yeah. Neither of them I uh, think very highly of Shu.
0: They don't respect the hairstyles in the eighties. No.
1: Uh, so next you move on to the schoolyard where Tomi and Miwa are chatting. <laughs> and when, when Hijiyama walks by, he was like, oh, my God, did you see that boy? He's so cool. <laughs> and uh, Hijiyama overhears and blushes. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Tomi, Tomi's like, is he cool?
1: <laughs> yeah, she's not into it. And uh, as you continue walking, you see Morimura and Hijiyama's like, oh, I shouldn't get spotted here. Yeah. So you leave. Uh, next place he goes, the break area. Uh, nobody's there. The only thing there are the vending machines. And Hijama's like, I don't have any
0: money. I was so, so upset. <laughs> I thought we were going to get the soda scene. I, was I know, right? I was
1: right? so
0: ready for so cold, so Bummer. sweet.
1: Uh, So <laughs> hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Uh, go back to the, the same passageway you started out in. Now, uh, Nenji and Okino are there. And it turns out Okino put a note in Nenji's locker and Nenji thinks she's cute. Yeah. Uh <laughs> well, he thinks Kuriko Doji's cute. Yes. And Nenji's like, "Okay, so why are we here?" And Okino's like, "Um, I like you." <laughs> uh apparently hadn't like thought this part of the plan through. And Ogata's like, "Seriously? You like me?" <laughs> Uh, And he sort of like thinks to himself, he's a ragi's bullshit was starting to get to me, but maybe I'm kind of a stud after (laughs) all. (laughs) Maybe I'm kind of a stud.
0: Oh, Oh. dude. Oh, my God. So funny. Stupid.
1: So much false braggadocio. I love it. Yeah. So Hijiyama observes this. This is where this scene starts to um, lose me. Yes. So (laughs) Hijiyama observes this and he's like, what? No, Kuriko san. That rat bastard, you don't go for another fella's girl. Um, I just don't even know how to begin to unpack that. It's very uh, 1940s so, of him, honestly. It, nevertheless, he runs in and just... he. <laughs> so <laughs> funny, because in the previous scene, Hijiama was like, I warned you that I was yeah. going to hit you. And here what we see is him saying, put him up, and then immediately knocking Nenji Knock an out, 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 without dude. giving him any opportunity to yeah. actually fight back. Yeah. Um, And Okino's like, I can't believe you. Were you just, you're jealous? And Nijiyama's like, "Uh, of course not. I'm sorry for hitting him. You can like whoever you like. It's none of my business. And Okino says, where is this coming from? You think I like him just because he's a guy? No, he thinks you like him because he saw you say I like you. (laughs) What the fuck is going on here?
0: Professional gaslighter. (laughs) Sikaki.
1: seriously fucked up so anyway Okino's like all right well this works uh got to secured despite some complications help me get him into the old school building so take uh nenji into the school building Okino's on some monitors and uh Okino's like oh he was you know he's sending signals to you know to the kaiju or at least i thought he was but uh, it turns out something's off. He's not actually transmitting any kind of signal at all. Looks like the decode signature has been changed. Uh, now I'm gonna have to check everyone's individual codes. And Hijiyama's like, don't we have the sentinels? You created them to save us, right? And Okino says, yes, but we already threw 19 sentinels at them and lost. Yeah. We need like a game changer of some kind. Like the Aegis system? <gasps> Okino? Maybe. Just a thought. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh okino says you know they're like you get this from the war like there were just so many of them like with numbers like that what can you do the sentinels were meant to be a last line of defense
0: which like that's not why japan lost (laughs) world war ii i hate to break it to you bud it wasn't a numbers game it really wasn't a numbers game uh (laughs) anyway anyway
1: And so this is where um, Okino realizes okay, Nenji knows who has the code, but um, only he can access it. So we go to the Higuromacho Abandoned Factory 2F, where I was expecting to find Nenji Mm -hmm. in the hot seat, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, undergoing what he was undergoing in his scenes. But in fact, Hijiyama is in the chair. Uh, He says, what's going on? And Okino says, I looked at Nenji Ogata. He didn't have anything for me, but I took a look at your code and it was very thought provoking. Hijiyama says, you know, untie me right now. And Okino says, why are you so worked up? This isn't all that different from the old days in the factory lab, just the two of us enjoying some quality time, right? And Hijiama's like, oh, even if that's partially true, things are different now. Untie me before I really get angry. Okino says, that's weird. You sound mad, but these numbers don't lie. You're actually kind of enjoying this, aren't you? Being all tied up at the mercy of your crush. You're such a perv. Uh, Hijiyama says, stop toying with me. And Okino says, why don't we see what's really in your heart? And looks at the monitor Mm -hmm. and says, whoa, you really can't stop thinking of me, huh? I get it. You're lying to yourself to protect your self-image, but your physical data gives it away. And basically, this scene ends with Hijiyama struggling and repeatedly begging Okino to stop. um, And Okino, I guess, continuing to probe uh, Hijiyama's emotional state.
0: Feels bad. (sighs) Feels really bad. Feels really
1: fucking bad. We were gonna pl- We like were supposed to play more game after this, and both
0: were like, "I don't want to play anymore," um, because this sucks. This really, really stinks. Um, so we talked a bit before we started actually recording, so that we kind of had kind of a baseline of like where our feelings were. Uh, and I think something I do want to just state up front is uh, that as much as this show is about us playing these games and going through these stories and stuff, uh, as you've probably realized, it's also about our feelings about these games and the things that we are doing within these games, uh, or that the things that are being presented to us, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that is like, I think in my mind, the more important part of this show is us talking about how we feel playing these games and stuff. Uh, because if you want to just know what happens in the game, you can just look up a walkthrough. So, so all that being said, this fucking sucks. It's really, yeah. really sucks for a whole lot of reasons. Not least of which the fact that this is like trying to be played as some sort of like, uh, like sexual power play mm-hmm. or something when really it's just like, f- uh, I, I don't know, it, like harassment. I guess I don't even know yeah, what the fucking I word mean, is like, I mean, the way
1: I phrased it when we were talking is like, it's almost like a metaphor for sexual assault. Right. Which, uh, you know, is not to say that you can't violate someone's boundaries in a non-sexual way, which is mm-hmm. clearly what's happening here. It's just, it raises a lot of uncomfortable yeah issues of consent. And obviously like you can depict things like that in Mm -hmm. a game. I am Mm -hmm. not here to tell anyone that they can't, Mm -hmm. but this is something that could be like potentially triggering for people. Um, So, you know, going into this without any warning and, you know, sort of stumbling upon it um, felt really shitty. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, obviously we've talked about the issues with the depiction of Okino as a character and, What what the game is trying to do by having this character who is trans or non-binary or uh, you know just cross-dressing, none of which is clear, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, earlier in the season, I think I said I, you know, I think it's okay for the for the game to like not clear give a clear answer to that um because like gender is you know it's on a spectrum and it's not something that's always like cut and dried for a lot of people but Mm -hmm. um in this case I don't know it uh, that that gray area really sucks when you have a character who is doing such (laughs) questionable things Mm -hmm. um you know one thing that we talked about before the show is an article I had read, which I don't know if I managed to track it down, but, um, you know, there are plenty of pieces on this. And the, the idea that um, a lot of depictions of uh, trans or just like characters who don't necessarily fit into the gender binary mm-hmm. in popular culture, uh, specifically with an eye towards popular Western culture, depicts these characters as people who use their, you know sort of wield their, their gender as a tool of manipulation and deceit. You know, a classic example is Buffalo Bill, um, Mm -hmm. from Silence of the Lambs. And these depictions are harmful, particularly, uh, you know, we're, we're at a point right now where there is a lot of fear mongering about trans people and You know things like bathroom laws where the idea is we have to protect women from Mm -hmm. you know men who are pretending to be trans in order to enter women's spaces and cause them harm which is such an absurd dog whistle (laughs) you know considering the the fact that there is so much harm perpetuated against trans people particularly trans women this just feels like another poor depiction sort of in line with that trope Mm -hmm. that has real-world negative negative impacts. There are actual policies being enacted to harm trans people based on this sort of imagined idea of trans people causing harm. And so that sucks. Uh, And the, the, like, weird sexual assault vibe of this sucks everything about it is awful and um there is a chance that if i were just playing this game on my own and not for the podcast that this would be enough for me to stop playing Mm. at least for a little while sure you know we've talked about a lot of things in this game that feel bad and this is the thing that's felt worst by far for me so far
0: yeah and i mean speaking of the the other stuff that we said feels bad i think a lot of that you know it could be chalked up to like quote-unquote anime bullshit or whatever um which is a whole other thing but this is like a completely different uh like wheelhouse from that just like i I don't know like established tropey stuff um Mm -hmm. in in anime and in in games uh Like this. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, 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 it sucks. And you're right. And, and the way they, they also depict, uh, Hijiyama as like someone who is being tricked or something Mm -hmm. and not as like someone who is also kind of, I don't know, in on what's happening between him and Okino, uh, Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, Kiriko, it just, it just further drives home that like really, really shitty, uh, uh, view that like, oh, like, Trans people are, uh, or, you know, people that dress in like gender nonconforming ways mm-hmm. and like trying to trick, you know, cis people or whatever into right. like, liking them or whatever because they have these secret ulterior motives. And even if it gets backed up narratively later, where like we are in a simulation and Okino knows that none of this really matters, like, sure, in the game, that stuff is true and whatever. But this is, this is a piece of media in the real world. And the things you do and say, and the way you depict stuff matters. And if we are depicting a character like that, you know, doing these things, it just, you know, this, it, it matters, you know, Mm -hmm. this shit matters. And I don't think it, it should be like hand waved or, or forgiven really ever, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it just, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And it's bad to talk about. I don't like talking about it.
1: Yeah, Uh, I I, I don't feel like I have been particularly eloquent in talking about it just because, like, it's just it's uncomfortable and it's it is a bummer to have to address, (laughs) frankly. Um, It was a bummer to play. It's a bummer to talk about. But we don't we're not going to shy away from pointing out shit like this that just makes the gameplay experience less fun for us. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe something will happen in the next part of Hijiyama's story where we're like, oh, okay. Oh, but, okay.
1: Everything's forgiven. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, Spoiler alert, that will not happen for me, <laughs> yeah. I assure
0: you. <laughs> um, but regardless of of any of that, like like I said, this show is about how we feel about the games that we are playing and the stuff that we are doing. And that's, this is how we feel. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, you can go, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's... Uh, that brings us to 28% completed on mm-hmm. Takatoshi Ijiyama's story. And that is where we stopped. That's where we stopped uh, at 38, 39% remembrance total. So now that the, the mood is sufficiently mm-hmm.
1: changed... Now that we're bummed out. I'm a little bummed out. Do you want to do yeah. ratings?
0: Well, yeah, do you want, yeah, you want to do rankings or do you have any additional theory stuff? I I there was so much <sighs> shit thrown at us in mm-hmm. these in these uh rounds that like I truly don't even know what to make of any of it. I'm like in a totally different space than I had been.
1: Yeah. So I think that this gives there it doesn't change a whole lot for me. It mm-hmm. it gives me um I don't know what to make of the whole. Everyone has a
0: signal in them that's yeah. calling the kaiju. There was one line in the factory scene with, with uh, Nenji where Ogata says the signals create the kaiju and then beckon yeah. them here, which is very weird.
1: That's wild. I don't yeah. know what to make of that. I have no idea. God, it's so bizarre. I guess if we think of this as this, this whole thing as a simulation, the idea of there being a signal in one of them, that's like creating the kaiju and beckoning. Them, like if it's a piece of like computer code, mm-hmm. Almost like a virus that has been put in them yeah. and... Ida does say the nanomachines are infected. Right. And the idea... So we talked about the idea that like the sectors are periods of time. Yes. I, wait, I sent you a theory and Did this you? ties into it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to read what I read. Something, something earth is destroyed. The ARC project was meant to preserve humanity's legacy like a living time capsule by capturing memories slash errors of time on Earth. Or what we're seeing is a simulation meant to figure out what scenario in what time frame with what controlled variables will actually allow humans to defeat the Daimos on Earth. The tech we're seeing is all real tech, including time travel stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the goal is <laughs> to figure out where and when is our inroad to actually achieving victory. So yeah, (laughs) that is just a bunch of random nonsense. But I think the idea is, like, I don't know if I'm necessarily wedded to all of that yet. But if this is a simulation, dimos are being called here. Is that sort of what Shinonome did to destroy humanity? If the idea is, quote, destroying humanity. But what if she's really what she's really destroying is like this quote, living time capsule, as I described it. Yeah. And doing so by, like, having these memories of the kaiju, which are really just, like, terraforming tools, right. come and destroy the sectors Ooh. from within. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I thought was interesting that, to me, kind of, like, affirmed that this is a a simulation is actually seeing... And this would be a simulation within a simulation, I think. But like actually seeing how it works with Nenji. Right. And the way that it repeats and loops like that, obviously echoes what is happening in so many other character stories that to me, it almost feels like this is your hint that that's what's going on there, too. Not necessarily that like someone's like strapped to a chair in here doing the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it is. Okino said, I have to look at everybody's codes individually. Did he? So is that yeah? So is that what we're seeing in everybody's story? Is their sh- their memories looping and sure. Okino trying to figure out?
0: Yeah, probably. I'm also uh, curious about why Nenji was in like looked like he was in his Sentinel thing. Yeah, which also brings up the interesting point of when he shows up in battle. He says, "Oh, now I get it. I'm in my Sentinel." Yeah. Was that another loop? Like, was that another Ogata loop or uh, Okino loop? Like what? You know, I don't know.
1: I don't know. In in this, you know, kind of piggybacking off of other parts of my theory, Okino does not know actually what's happening in Nenji's head. Right. So he is confused when Nenji says, oh, like, get me out of this capsule. Mm. Okino's like, what capsule? So what what Nenji seems what seems to be happening is Nenji, like we talked about before, the way that like in a dream, you're brain kind of like fills in the gaps. Nenji is filling in that gap, um, by imagining himself in his Sentinel, which suggests that that is a memory and that he has been in his Sentinel before.
0: Right. <sighs> yeah.
1: This, this part of the show always feels like us just saying a bunch of nonsense.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, in the, in the chapter markers, I always just say it's theory grafting. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause we are literally grafting on the spot. um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I don't know, man.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh, f- I'm also really interested in the interlacer being
1: mm-hmm.
0: this like yeah a network of machines because uh, you know that's makes the nano machine stuff work better. I guess you know like if you're injecting with nano machines into their <laughs> interlacer, then you're adding more machines into the. Machine network, I, I don't know we're replacing mm-hmm. machines in the machine network, which is how you erase an entire personality and put a new one in, but also, if this is a simulation, then why you know I just why why they have little robots, why aren't they just like I don't know why isn't it just code? I don't know,
1: yeah, I'm looking through my notes trying to figure out uh <laughs> sure. where the where we hear interloceter
0: I think it's just Natsuno's so nice thing,
1: yeah, but was it her? Was it her prologue or...
0: Yeah, it was when she meets uh, BJ. Mm. He says uh, interluster code match or something. Mm. Interesting. And then says, need memory cell. Go to gate.
1: (sighs) Maybe that...
0: What are they looking for? 19? I think it's... 17 is BJ's. So I I think they're looking for BJ's. Right?
1: They're looking for 17. (sighs) I don't know.
0: I'm out of thoughts. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's our that's our theory towel fully rung out
1: <laughs> in our Lassiter code match, though, does make it seem like he was trying to find Natsuno. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about the the thing where you were like memory cell. What if that's to restore Natsuno's memories, yeah. um, which is, I still think, a really interesting theory.
0: Yeah. And it, maybe the memory cells are like the video that he showed, uh, like Mira. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a video of Natsuno because we know Natsuno's on the on the satellite too. Right. So she, right. she could have made a video. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. That's all the theories. Yep. <laughs> Should we move on to rankings? Yeah. Why don't you go first? Sure. Bottom up. Can't believe he's a high school student just like us. Also F. Mm-hmm. Renu Goto, of course. Uh, I have moved Megumi down uh, from B to C. Okay. Because she and Jiro Azumi had only been together for like Maybe six months, maybe, maybe <laughs> a year. Maybe. And it's extremely a high school thing to be like, no, I will. I will mm-hmm. still date this person, even though they are literally a different human being. And I just don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it at all. It's bad vibes. So now Juro and <laughs> Juro Magumi are together now in C. Uh, moving on to B, we have A, Mira and Ryoko. A is Iori and Shu. S is Tomi, Natsuno, Yuki and newly minted. Nenji Ogata mm. in S had a great time with this lad. He's just so dumb and so full of himself <laughs> for no reason. But uh, also not. But also not. He's very definitely putting shaken. on this huge character. It's like he yeah. and Shu are kind of on like different mm-hmm. parts of the same spectrum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're both putting cool on this spectrum. facade. Right. They're both putting on this facade around uh, and and not around Tommy, I guess. I don't know. Because uh, Ida's mm. he he whole thing. is You know, he became this cool guy because. Right because of Tomi, but the center of the universe, Tomi Kisaragi. Uh, and then... Center the, of my universe. <laughs> above S, uh, so cold, so sweet, uh, Takatoshi Takatoshiyama. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really, the only meaningful moves, uh, Megumi goes down to C, and uh, Nenji goes to S. Yours?
1: I have reevaluated my entire rating structure, because I realized I simply needed more nuance. Mm-hmm. So, starting from the bottom, at F slash, I can't believe he's a high school student, uh, At D, also known as Hell Hath No Fury, we have Megumi and
0: Ryoko. Oh my god. Wow. (laughs) Sorry, I'll let you you keep
1: going. Uh, At C, we have Jiro Karabe, uh, just the most boring man. At B, we have Iori, Shu, and A. At A, we have Hijiyama, Natsuno, and Miura. Now at S, it is just Yuki and Tomi. Wow. And above S, Captain Pompadour. There you go. Nenjiogata, my favorite boy, my favorite character. Wow. I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> I tweeted this weekend I am not immune to Nenjiogata. <laughs> and it is true. Yeah. <laughs> He's I cool. knew I was going to like him and I like him even more than I thought. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so that's our uh, our revised rankings mm-hmm. for this week. Wow. Really shaking things <laughs> up. Really th- shaking things up. So I guess that brings us to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Right? Pretty much, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend always helps you can rate and review us on apple Podcasts. spotify has a rating thing other podcatchers have their own proprietary rating thing rate us if you want we might see it but but what really helps is to if you tweeted about the show or told a friend about the show we'd appreciate it uh if you want to follow the show on twitter it's a at it's at async pod if you'd like to follow me i am at aj faleri
1: I am at Okimmy's.
0: Uh, thank you as always to Amaranth for writing our theme music. It's so good. You can buy his stuff on Bandcamp. That link is in the show notes as well as a link to Scout Wilkinson's Kofi page. Kofi Coffee. I don't know. Uh-huh. K-O-F-I, fi Where she made our logo and you can, you can buy art from her uh, or, or just support her uh, with a monthly uh, Kofi subscription, donation. I don't really know what to call it. It's like Patreon, but you can just send people Yeah, money. It's great. Uh, so do that stuff. Links are in the show notes. And before we go, Kim, do you have any final words for us this week? Uh,
1: I do. Uh, this time, it's a question for everyone to ponder. If you knew the world was going to end in a couple of minutes, Ugh. how would you spend
0: them? Podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Gee, the worst garbage, the oh online.